0: Welcome to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. My name is Elizabeth and I am a mom of three boys. My goal here is to educate you intentional ways that you can become an emotionally healthy mom. Ways that you can break destructive patterns that have been happening for years and how you can leave an emotionally healthy legacy with your children. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. In today's episode, we'll be talking about proactive ways that moms can support themselves emotionally. So a little while ago, I posted on multiple groups on Facebook um, and I asked moms a question. What is one thing you can? you do on a regular basis that supports how you respond emotionally to your children. What I mean by that question is, what is something that, you know, a mom can do on a regular basis that can help her be more patient with her children throughout the day and not emotionally lose it, not get triggered as much, not, not get sucked in into that negative energy and the answers, I um, I put together like a PDF file. Uh, you can find it in the show notes. You're welcome to um, look at it because it's, it's about 15 things. Um, there were many answers, but I narrowed it down to 15 things that moms can do proactively and intentionally to support themselves. And not to my surprise... All of the things that were mentioned were um, things that moms do in advance or certain things that are intentional that are done to support themselves emotionally. It's not much of like in the moment things. It's all, all of it is pretty much proactive that you have to do ahead of time to set yourself up for success, to be able to respond instead of react. So let's start with number one. This one is probably my favorite one because I really, really, really um, intentionally do this. And when I don't, I notice a difference in my day. And I made an episode about this before. And that is getting up in the morning before your children do. And that includes using that time wisely and intentionally and not being on your devices. It is so, 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 so tempting to get up early in the morning and then just be on your phone. Well, it's not tempting to get up early, <laughs> let's say that. But it's very tempting when you have your phone nearby to scroll through social media or look at random videos and use this time to, uh, you know, just kind of tune out and veg out so tempting that's not going to benefit your day if you actually truly want the benefits of you know your day going more smoother and for you to be able to respond to your children instead of react you have to use this time wisely if you did not know your stress hormone is at its highest in the mornings And when we use our phone, the blue light from the electronics actually raises our stress hormone even more. So in order to calm our nervous system down, we need to avoid the electronics for the first hour. Now, do I do this every time? No, but I intentionally, right now it's summertime as I'm recording this. I, once my husband leaves off for work, I make myself a cup of coffee. I leave my phone in the house and I go sit at the front door, um, by the front door in in a chair. And I just sit there quietly for like 10 minutes and I do some deep breaths. I listen to the birds. I pray. I say some affirmations. Sometimes I do some visualization, but I just use that time to be Intentionally still and quiet. So my day starts out not in chaos, but in stillness and in quiet and feeling grounded. That's what I like to do. And if I just spend this time scrolling through social media, I get, I feel irritated and frustrated. It does not benefit me getting up half an hour early if that's what I'm going to do. So, number one is getting up in the mornings before your children do I don't know what time your kids get up and if they get up really really early I am so sorry about that because I've had times where my kids would do that right now they sleep around till seven thirty eight, so because they go to bed a little bit later in the summertime but even if they would get up a little early I have this um timer that um you can just order it on amazon and it's um like it's a visual timer for children and it shows them how much time is left that they need to play in their room and they might have specific toys or whatever or maybe even turn on cartoons for them not the best of course but if you need this time to feel better throughout the day yourself you that's maybe what you need to do okay so number two that was the uh, number two that was the most common answer was exercise on a regular basis um, some people do it in the mornings before kids get up or going outside on a walk or getting into nature and movement is extremely important for our bodies there have been many studies showing that when we move our bodies it releases the stress and tremendously helps our mental state. When we feel better mentally, we respond better emotionally. Now, this is not something I personally do on a regular basis. I like nature walks, I like walking, but I do not love exercise. So for me... This is a little bit different. I do realize the importance of it. I just have not prioritized it in my life. I've had seasons in my life where I exercised regularly and I felt amazing. Right now, I am, as I'm recording this, I am 37 weeks pregnant. Exercise is not on my priority list and probably won't be for a while because soon I'm going to have a little newborn and it's just going to be adjustment for a little while and things won't be going the way they normally do in the morning so if you can get out maybe even with your kids I've done this before as you're playing at the playground I just walk in circles around the playground as I'm observing my kids and I'm doing movement for my body. Number three is alone time. Now I talk a lot about alone time because I think this is com- very crucial for moms of especially little kids our kids have needs that pull at us pull at us all day long alone time will give your mind and your body a moment to relax from everyone else's needs and focus just on yours if we don't create alone time for ourselves, no one else will. Nobody's going to prioritize that for you. Your kids can learn boundaries when mom says she needs some alone time to feel better. So I do this with my kids, and I've mentioned this on this podcast before and on my Instagram page that I do tell my kids, Mommy needs some alone time right now. I am not doing well. I need to take a break because I am in a bad mood or I'm cranky I need some alone time to feel better and I will actually say that to my kids and my kids are now um my oldest is nine six and four and so they know what alone time is and I even when they're in a bad mood and I ask them like do you want me to help you or do you want to take some space for yourself because the way you're acting right now your words and your body is hurtful and that's not okay And so sometimes we need to take some alone time to feel better. And I love alone time. I never really cared for it as a teenager, as an early adult. Neither when I first had my first son. I didn't really like notice that I needed it. But definitely after I had three kids, alone time is like, oh my goodness, it is essential for me to refill my cup, to feel better, to get re-energized. I totally need alone time. Um, Number four, I talk about this often too, but meeting basic needs for moms, such as getting enough sleep, eating, um, hydrating, and like, you know, not skipping meals. We as moms, we often minimize the effects Of like low sleep and skipping meals. We don't think it's that important. These are basic needs for our bodies to function. If we ignore the basic needs, our brain will not be able to focus on our children's needs and we will often feel irritated and frustrated most of the day. So this is even something like almost kind of like out of your control. What I mean in the sense of like it's in your control most of the time get enough sleep and not skip meals but when you minimize the importance of sleep and you do skip meals especially if you combine both of those oh my goodness you will definitely notice you're so much more on edge you're a lot more snappy you will be hangry hungry and angry at the same time and it's almost like not in your control, you're reacting negatively. You will find yourself reacting negatively even when you don't want to react that way because your brain is focused on your needs. It cannot focus on being able to regulate in the moment. It literally cannot do that because you're ignoring the basic needs. So meeting your needs as a mom, which includes enough rest, whatever your body needs, and not skipping meals and hydrating those are very important in order for you to build on top of that in order to thrive as a mom you cannot be a great mom if you neglect your basic needs i'm sorry that's just the way it is if you're a mom that struggles with handling her challenging emotions in a healthy way listen up i got a tool for you If you go in the show notes of this podcast, you will see a link where you can sign up for a five day free mini course. And in that mini course, you get to learn actual practical things that you can do in the moment and outside of the moment to be more patient and calm so you're not as overwhelmed, so you're not as stressed, and actual ways to learn to de stress yourself. And calm your nervous system down. How often do we hear that we shouldn't react, we should respond? And the problem is well, how? In the moment, I don't know how because I'm so overwhelmed and so triggered. In this mini course, you get to learn the how. I am so excited that I have these skills that I can share with you. So go in the show notes, click on the link, enter your email, and then you can start the five day free mini course. On number five, creating quiet space during the day. Um, and that is, um, I do this quite often with my kids. Now, right now, they're home for the summertime. And we have quiet time between 1.30 and 3.30 in our home. So after lunch, the kids go upstairs and I separate them in um, separate rooms. So they all are in different rooms at this time and I create quiet time for them and quiet time for me sometimes I work during that time like I will edit podcasts or do some posts or whatever and or sometimes I take a nap right now that I'm pregnant and that's what my body needs and I can feel it sometimes you can I do meditation or breathing or practicing mindfulness, if you've never heard of that. These are things that you can practice to help your body and your brain calm down and feel more grounded. Getting still and intentionally still. You will not realize how important and beneficial it is until you try it, and then you stop it, and then you will notice how it affects your day. I think this has like affected me the most in the sense of like being more of a calm mom during the day. like that this is the practical thing that affected me the most because there's a spiritual aspect of praying and asking God for help, but there's the practical things that you I do for myself to support myself. So I do this typically in the mornings actually before my kids get up, I will do a certain meditation or I will do deep breathing or as I'm sitting right now outside, I will close my eyes and listen to the birds. What do I smell? I feel the breeze on my skin. I can taste the coffee. That's like being mindful and present in the moment. So when we skip this step in the mornings, I notice Like when I skip this step in the mornings, I notice that I am not as calm and patient as I could be. There's so much input that goes into our brain all day long that being still is actually so beneficial because it helps our brain declutter all that input and calm our nervous system down and it helps it stay calm when something stressful does come up. So that's why I practice these things on a regular basis. You can do it during quiet time during the day, or you can do it in the mornings like I do. But you have to do it intentionally and create time for it because that time's not going to just appear. You have to create that time. So, number six, something else that people mentioned that helps them to be able to respond to their children is listening to podcasts or reading books that teach you the how and give you tools how to respond to your children when your child is melting down, when your child is being disrespectful, when they talk back at you, when they resist you. Because those are external triggers, right? That's when something is not going our way and we get really triggered. It's so easy to get angered and frustrated in those moments. So in order to respond instead of react, there's things we can do proactively, but also like teaching yourself tools and learning skills that you can implement in that moment. Learning those skills outside of the moment, right? Proactively can be super, super helpful. I listen to podcasts. I read books or I listen to audiobooks that teach me the how because that I'm so unpractical. I'm like, okay, this is great, this is awesome, but tell me how to handle this in the moment. This is what I need. Um, Number seven. So another thing, also you do this proactively, right? Is shifting your mindset. When my child is misbehaving, they are having a problem instead of being a problem. What I mean by that is your child is struggling with their emotions and they don't have the skills to handle their emotions maturely so when they are misbehaving typically almost always they have they are dysregulated emotionally and they're just having a problem they don't know or they cannot access that part of the brain that is mature to help them maturely Express those emotions and feelings. If we're gonna, if we see our children that they're purposely trying to annoy us and to anger us, we will fall into the mindset that they are being, you know, jerks to us on purpose and we will feel angry and we will feel annoyed. But if we switch our mindset that when they misbehave, They are struggling and they need our help. It is so much easier to stay calm and patient in the moment. Now, this took me a while, a while to shift my mindset to that because it's not an easy shift. Growing up, when I was taught, you know, my parents were taught this way, when a child is misbehaving, they're doing it on purpose. So you need to pretty much spank it out of them. Instead of like, hey, there's a reason why they're misbehaving, they're struggling, they're having a hard time, they need some help, they need some support, how can I come alongside them and help them through this moment? There's a lot more um, to be said on this topic and I do have other episodes that go into depth about this. So if you want to look through the other episodes, you're going to see topics that might jump out at you. So number eight here, um, it's kind of similar to the one I mentioned before, creating quiet space during the day, but this one says creating quiet time in the afternoon for everyone in the house. So like I mentioned before, I do this with my kids. I set a timer so then they know what time it's done and... This is so essential, especially if you stay home as a mom. I think this is so important for you and for your children. Everyone having alone time in separate spaces of the house and learning to be by yourself and using that time wisely and intentionally. And sometimes I literally just rest because that is what I need um, at that time. And if I miss my morning alone time, I will use the alone time during the day to catch up with things that I typically do in the morning. Number 9, going to therapy or counseling for my own struggles. Now, I am a person that really believes in counseling and the benefits of counseling and a good counselor or th- or therapist. Um, As a believer, as a Christian, I think it's really important to have a counselor who is a Christian because then they can combine the spiritual aspect and the psychology aspect together and it can be super, super helpful. But it is not an easy thing to do. First of all, to go admit that you need help and then to actually do the work that is required to internally grow and work on yourself but when you do that the benefits of that are so huge I remember I was in survival mode before I went to counseling I could barely make it days were just the struggles I was going through in those seasons were really really hard and deep and having somebody that holds your hand and walks alongside you and tells you what's the next step to take was so so helpful because that's sometimes when we're in a really rough place that's that's all we can handle is just the one step at a time and having someone hold your hand and tell you what that one step is so it's not as overwhelming can be really really like life changing And if you do the hard internal work, recognizing unhealthy patterns, things that you need to change and actually implement the positive changes, your life can totally transform. And you can leave such a positive legacy on your children because if you're struggling mentally and emotionally, it's going to spill out into your children and your family. If you get help for that, it's also going to spill out positively into your family. Uh, Number 10, having a support system, not isolating, asking and accepting help from others. So if you grew up in a mindset that asking for help and accepting help means that you're failing or you're weak, you will struggle with this one. This will require a mindset shift. Asking for help is not a weakness it's a strength when we delegate and remove things off our plate we can feel lighter less stressed and less overwhelmed when we feel better internally and it comes out in our behavior um so what I mean by that is like when we internally are not overwhelmed we're not as stressed it will come out into our behavior we're not going to be as tense we're not going to be as snappy we're not going to be as irritated because when we're stressed out when someone's under a lot of stress it comes out into their behavior in a negative way we're able to be more patient and calm with our family members when and like when things go not our way. And life happens because we're not as stressed. So for me personally, I never really struggled asking for help. Um, I know definitely people in my life that do have a hard time with that. But for me, I'm like, I'd rather ask for help. The other person can always say no. But I'd rather ask for help and not feel as stressed and overwhelmed and and stretch then so for example my sister who's 20 she comes over to my house um, once a week on Wednesday mornings from like 9 to 1 and she well she used to watch just the one one child because the other two were in school right now it's summertime so she'll watch the three kids And sometimes she'll do something around the house for me right now as I'm pregnant and I need help with that. Sometimes she will cut some vegetables that I need for some um, dishes later in the week. Sometimes she will, um, you know, clean something in the home or just play with my son while I have some errands to run, appointments to do. So I am not as overwhelmed and stressed. And for her... Helping me out for a few hours a week is not a huge deal, but for me, it's significant help. And actually, I'm thinking about it and considering it. I just finished listening to a book, and they talked about this quite a bit, hiring a mommy helper, because right now I'm starting this online business, and it takes time. It does take time. In order for me to do the best work, I actually have to sit there and focus, and having your little ones around. They always have needs and they will interrupt at some point or another. And so hiring a mommy's helper, someone who can be with my kids while I work, maybe even like five hours a week. But that is definitely something I'm considering because, um, and I don't see that as a weakness. It's like I cannot do everything. I cannot be fully focused and do the best work here and then, you know, be cooking at the same time. Or running an errand at the same time, like I have a limited amount of time in a day, and a limited amount of energy, and I cannot do everything, and I do need help. And asking for help for me is like it takes some stress off my plate. I don't, I don't see a problem with that. But that's a mindset shift. Number eleven: learning and having healthy coping skills from when you are struggling emotionally. Now, this is what my channel is all about. Like, this is my number one thing that I want moms to learn. Well, first of all, is like pro- doing things proactively that to support yourself and set yourself up for success. But also, learning and teaching yourself skills, coping skills when life gets really stressful, and how to handle your negative and challenging emotions in a healthy way. I believe if you ask any mom, she's gonna tell you that she does not wanna yell at her kids or be short with them or completely lose it the problem is is that most of us were never taught the skills of how to handle challenging feelings when they come up healthy coping skills need to be taught and repeated many many times for your brain to use them automatically and it it takes about 500 to 1,000 a thousand times of repetition in order for it to become an automatic skill in your brain, which means you have to intentionally practice it. First, you have to learn what they are, then you have to implement them and practice them. If you want to learn more, um, in the show notes, there is a five-day mini course that you can sign up for, and it's like less than 10 minutes a day. And it teaches you on regulating Challenging emotions and gives you the actual practical skills of what to do in the moment, how to calm your body down when you are triggered. Number 12, having a hobby or doing something that you enjoy as a mom oftentimes when we become moms we kind of lose who we are motherhood becomes our identity and we are consumed by all parenting things that we do creating time for something that you enjoy and that will refill your cup and relax you is really really important it may be singing it could be sewing or going to a dance class this can be a game changer in how you feel and how you show up for your family When you do something that you enjoy, you are a lot less resentful and bitter towards your kids and their needs. If all day long all we do is just serve our children and we don't do anything for ourselves that refills us and like helps us feel just who we are outside of motherhood, like happy and joyful and just have fun outside of motherhood, we will often find that we will feel resentful and bitter towards our kids and all the needs that they have. And so this is one that I want to implement more in my life, having kind of like a specific hobby outside of motherhood. Right now, I feel like I there's the motherhood and then I'm doing work outside of that, focusing on podcasts and growing my following and creating content. Um, I haven't created much space to just like do something fun and I need to be more intentional with that. And this is a good reminder for me because this is what I do need to do. Number 13, not be in social media during the day and reduce screen time. Anybody struggle with that? Um, yes, of course. I know I do. Um, by now, I'm sure you've heard of mental effects of social media on humans. I notice that when I'm on my phone and my kids need or want something from me, I often become snappy, not even like intentionally. I, it just comes out. I get more irritated and annoyed that they need something from me if I'm just scrolling through social media. I just want them to leave me alone. Sure, there's a time and a place for being on our phone, but let's not be that mom that when someone asks your child, what does your mom do in her free time? Their response would be, she's on her phone. She's just on her phone all the time. I don't want to be that mom. I really, really don't. I know I do spend quite a bit of time on my phone, but I don't want to spend every free second being attached to my phone because that's not the memory I want my kids to have of their mom. I have gotten so much better at when we gather at like family gatherings and um, when I go out with the kids somewhere to a park or something not to be on my phone. Sometimes I will turn on a podcast or something but not to be scrolling through my phone and have my attention on my phone because Well, one of the reasons is because I want to give my kids undivided attention. I want to be fully present and enjoy the moment with my family or whatever it might be. And number two is I notice that when I am on social media a lot, I feel worse afterwards because I feel like I wasted time and I'm not and I'm talking mostly through like looking through reels into the search page I feel like I'm like I didn't get anything valuable out of this very rarely I find anything valuable and it's typically like super small and insignificant that I'm like I just spend a whole hour scrolling through my phone literally wasting my time and I don't feel any better I feel worse so Kind of reducing the time during your day um, and reducing um, being on your phone and reducing the screen time can be super beneficial in how you respond emotionally to your children. Number 14. So this is a really good one because I think it's super cool and valuable and then I will mention someone in here that I've learned a lot from that gal. So putting yourself together in the mornings, um, doing your hair, makeup, and dressing cute, even if you are at home. Now... This will completely shift how you feel about yourself and how your day goes. Putting yourself together, even like a five-minute makeup, five-minute hair, and putting cute clothes on will help you feel good about yourself. You will feel like a whole new person every time you see yourself in the mirror. It will affect how you feel internally, and that will affect how you are with your kids. When you feel your worst dress your best. I heard this quote like years ago and I'm like, this is so good. When you feel your worst, dress your best. And I think that's like so good. And so I want to mention here, there's this lady that I started to follow a while back. Her name is Jamie Baker. So let me tell you how her account is named on instagram it's j-a-m-m-i-e-b-a-k-e-r underscore and i will link her account in the show notes so you can follow her but she is really really good and i learned a lot of valuable stuff from her she has a lot of positive and helpful um, free resources even for moms so her mission is to help moms Feel good about themselves and how they dress and put themselves together and it has nothing to do with expensive clothes or spending a bunch of time in front of the mirror. It's what you need to do to help yourself feel good and put together so then then you can show up in the best. version of you for your family because putting yourself together and taking care of you will tremendously affect your mental state and when you feel better mentally you will respond better emotionally and she one of the things she talks about that I really like is she says that um, it takes just as much effort to put on a frumpy outfit as it takes to put a cute outfit on and she has like specific things that she helps moms with and like all the mindset shifts that have to do into you know investing in in yourself and taking the time for yourself but it is super valuable and helpful and I would really encourage you to actually check out her page she's been on multiple podcasts before and Um, with other people and she has really really great resources for moms who want to feel their best like not just internally but physically because I notice for myself especially now that I'm in my 30s when I take some extra time make my hair look great and put some makeup on and put an outfit that makes me feel good Even if I'm not going out anywhere, like, I just feel so much better during the day. I just do. It really makes a huge impact on how you feel emotionally about yourself. Okay, and number 15, taking a no-phone 20-minute break when your spouse comes home from work. All right, this is a very similar one to some others above that I mentioned before, But how often do we fall in the trap of just scrolling through our phone when we take a break because the kids are driving us crazy? I've totally done that. And then we feel worse when we walk away than when, when we started scrolling through our phone. I have done that way too many times. The problem is that scrolling through our phone and social media, the blue light raises our stress hormone. If we truly want to be calmer and patient, that requires to lower the stress hormone and relax the nervous system. That involves no phone and no screen. I will encourage you to challenge yourself. Read a book exercise, or lay in quiet for 20 minutes and see how that impacts and what a difference it can make how you feel mentally and emotionally. Now, this is huge. This is a huge one. I know for sure that I notice a huge impact when I do. I'm not on my phone, but it's so tempting. It is so tempting. I totally get it. And I've fallen into that trap more times than I want to admit, because it's so much easier to sit there and scroll through our phone. We're so used to constantly stimulating our brain. But I would challenge you, if you are feeling cranky, if you're feeling irritated and annoyed, and then your spouse comes through the door and you're like, hey, I need some space to myself, which is fine, which is great. You should take that space. I would encourage you to take that space without your phone. Unless you're doing some meditation app that or a breathing app that helps you breathe and calm down and guides you, I would highly encourage you not to do that. So the action step. What do I want you to get out of this? What are some action steps? I want you to pick just one thing. From this list there was 15 things that's a lot so if you go in the show notes you can get access to the pdf and you can look through all those 15 things and see which one jumps out at you and which one you want to implement to support yourself emotionally remember one of my favorite quotes is nothing is going to change if nothing changes If you want some change and positive change in your life, you have to do something different. You have to put yourself out of your comfort zone. You have to implement some changes in your life that will move the needle forward into a positive direction. So what is the one thing that you're going to choose from this list that you haven't done yet that will be challenging, but you will commit to it because you want positive changes in your life? I'd love to know when this comes out and on Instagram and make a post, what is your one thing? I would love for you to comment and let me know which one you chose after you listen to this podcast. Anyways, ladies, I hope you learned something valuable from this episode and I will see you next time. If you have been enjoying listening to the podcast, I would love for you to go on iTunes and leave a review and let me know what you think because this is how other people find out about it. Also, I would love for you to share my podcast on social media and tag me. Let me know if you're listening and share it with another mom that you think this might be helpful and useful for because I would love to spread this message how much emotional wellness affects the rest of the family and how much impact we have as moms and that we can set our families up for success but it all starts with us so if this has been helpful for you I would love for you to share it with another mom thank you